afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. The business of aviation in Indiana soaring to new heights. Airports from all corners of the state experiencing liftoff like never before. What's behind the surge and why it's crucial for Indiana companies to compete. Plus, we reflect on one of the biggest weekends in central Indiana history. How Indianapolis businesses fare during NBA All-Star Weekend. We will be able to provide services to more than 1,500 people uh, that don't currently have access to care right now. And the University of Notre Dame expanding mental health services beyond campus borders. What it means to the South Bend region. Inside Indiana Business is next. From Indiana's business news leader, this is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you this week from Indianapolis International Airport where there is no shortage of people flying. In fact, 2023 was a record year here at Indianapolis International for passengers arriving and departing traffic here now back to pre-pandemic levels about a year earlier than anticipated. But India is not the only aviation hub in Indiana experiencing growth. Fort Wayne International saw passenger traffic jump more than 10% last year. Meantime, federal funds are pouring into Indiana for airport improvements. The federal government approving nearly a billion dollars for improvements to more than 100 airports nationwide, including three in Indiana. Fort Wayne getting nearly $22 million to modernize an airport already in the middle of a $70 million expansion to its east terminal. In southwest Indiana, Huntingburg Regional Airport will get nearly $3.5 million to go toward construction of a new terminal building that was announced earlier. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. And Evansville Regional getting about the same amount of federal funding to make big upgrades to its facility. But there is concern in Evansville and southwest Indiana about the lack of direct air service to two important markets, Chicago and Detroit. Mark is very important to Evansville-based Old National Bank and Toyota Motor Manufacturing in nearby Princeton, just to name a few. In 2022, Evansville lost service to both Chicago and the Motor City, and there is real concern the region may lose business because of it. Local officials and the Indiana Economic Development Corporation have been working to get that service back. The governor's office has been involved, too. It's an issue that is top of mind for southwest Indiana. This is a huge issue for the business community in uh, southwest Indiana. Uh, the reality is that uh, we have you know, limited corporate headquarters here. And when those headquarter businesses need to get personnel uh, to Chicago, to Detroit, or to other cities through those gateway airports, it's a big hindrance to us. So what we think it does, it puts those headquarters uh, at risk of potentially leaving here. Uh, none have threatened to do so yet, but we know that cities our size have uh, greater challenges. And so uh, in terms of keeping headquarters in our community, so we need every asset available. And that includes direct air service to Chicago, Detroit. The airlines know that this is not just the greater Evansville region with our hand up saying, hey, we want service restored. They're hearing from the highest levels of state government that this is really important to business in Indiana. So it is literally all hands on deck. 
Evansville once had as many as seven daily flights to Chicago. The airlines blaming the pilot shortage on the need to cut service to markets like Evansville. Winicky says he remains optimistic the region can restore service perhaps yet this year. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show, record passenger numbers here at Indianapolis International Airport. Airport Authority Executive Director Mario Rodriguez tells me one of the driving factors is business traffic. We just did a survey recently that showed that business and leisure are almost at the same level that they were in pre-2019, which we expected we expect it to be to take a little bit longer, about a year to pick up, but everything seems to be coming back online and we're very incre we're incredibly excited about that. Rodriguez says the level of nonstop flights has recovered too, with a focus on key business clusters. California, for example, on the tech side, we've got a lot of nonstops in California. We have a lot of nonstops areas that pharma concentrates on. So we make sure we serve the business community as well as we can. Now there is system capacity that's, that's restricting our ability to reach different locations. But right now, before in 2019, we had 50 nonstop destinations. Right now, we have 49, which is a solid 49, and a lot of them serve our industrial clusters. The one missing nonstop, a highly coveted route to Europe that was lost at the outset of the pandemic. We're concentrating, looking at different airlines, and we're talking to them, us and the governor's office. It's, it's very important to reestablish that European connection. Although we've established most of the other connections are already solid. So that's the last one to fall, the last domino to fall, which, it, which we're focusing in on it with 100% of our efforts. The airline and the aviation industry is not immune to what's happening nationwide and worldwide. There's a lot of retirees. A lot of people need, they need employees because a lot of employees have retired and a lot of crews have retired. So once those crews are replenished, but it takes in the United States about 1,500 hours more or less to actually train a pilot. That's happening right now. But the industry didn't see this happen. What COVID did, did is it compressed a decade of change into about three years. So we're, we gotta wait until all these crews are retrained, the capacity comes up, which is gonna happen. The capacity will come up and we'll have more capacity in the system and we'll be able to serve our public even better than we are now. Meantime, major construction projects continue here at the airport. Construction in the final phase on a five-story, $76 million parking garage expansion that will add about 500 public parking spots as well as 1,000 spaces for rental cars. It is expected to open this summer. And work is continuing on a $190 million runway reconstruction project here. One of two main runways getting that work that is expected to wrap up at the end of this year. Online shopping driving part of the expansion. It will be used by FedEx and commercial airlines. Well, a full-length basketball court built in the middle of the airport certainly turned a lot of heads during the NBA All-Star Weekend. So just how did Indianapolis do in cashing in on the business of basketball? We'll take a look when we come back. IBJ is on the lookout for Hoosier companies that are on fire. Nominations now being accepted for Fast 25, IBJ's exclusive list of the fastest growing companies in central Indiana. 
Submit your nomination by March 4th at ibj.com slash nomination. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Many places consider themselves the home of basketball, but Indiana really is basketball country. Indiana's Mount Rushmore of basketball, Robertson, Reggie, and Bird, back home on center court, this time to help tip off the NBA All-Star Game in Indianapolis. What was described as the most fan-centric NBA All-Star Weekend of all time is now in the books. It is estimated about 125,000 visitors have flocked to downtown Indianapolis for the game and related events. Economic impact estimated at some $320 million. And the NBA says the game in Indy generated some big numbers. 11.6 million unique viewers watched the contest across platforms that carried it. That's up 20% from last year. The game averaged 5.5 million viewers, up 14% over last year. I got reaction from Visit Indy's Chris Gall about how the city did hosting the big event. We're ecstatic from a tourism perspective when we look at all the social media chatter and traditional media chatter about the host city, Indy. It's all positive, even with the snow flurries. When we talk to visitors and, and do intercept studies with them on how we did and how they felt their time uh, was here in Indianapolis, positive. When we talk to our hotel partners, our, our partners at the airport, the sports corps, uh, both sides of Market Street, the governor's office and mayor's office, we're getting positive reports in terms of how Indy did and how we fared as a team for this big event. You look at, at what we did on the court, but also outside the court, with those 1,800 credentialed media and, and the viewership across traditional media and online platforms, up double digits. That means that people were thinking about Indianapolis wherever they were sitting worldwide, and that inevitably helps us market and position India as a host city. No other city in the world can say they've hosted an NBA premier event and an NFL premier event within a week of each other. For the combine, we're really focused on the fan-facing element on, on the south side of Lucas Oil Stadium. They are, their charge to us is grow that event, grow it in a meaningful way like the draft and, and the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. And so we're fixated on making sure visitors race into Indy and set up and, and, and have that fan experience. We're also really focused on discussions. We know we have them safe and sound through 2025 when we're in front of them, when we're talking and meeting with them, what can we be doing to make sure that past 2025, the event doesn't move? And so that's our, our number one priority. Goal says Indy doesn't have much time to rest. The NFL Combine starts in a week. And it's time now to get caught up on the big business headlines, making news around the state of Indiana. And for that, we head to our new home at the Fox 59 CBS4 studios on the northwest side of Indianapolis and Mary Rachel Redmond. Here's what's making news around Indiana. Brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors. Indiana's 21,000 Realtors. The neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. 
Thanks, Gary. Well, we begin this week with Indiana's version of the Academy Awards in tech. TechPoint releasing its list of nominees for the 2024 Mira Awards, honoring the best of tech in Indiana. And the number of entries in several categories this year hitting an all-time high, including those for Entrepreneur of the Year and Innovation of the Year. TechPoint says the majority of contestants are based in central Indiana, but there are also a number from Bloomington to West Lafayette to New Albany. This year's Mira Awards at a new location, Old National Center in downtown Indianapolis, Friday, April 26th. 45 people out of work in southwest Indiana. Netherlands-based Refresco closing operations in Evansville. The company makes a variety of beverages for global and national brands and also has a facility in Dearborn County. Those layoffs in Evansville expected to take effect at the end of March. Indoor salmon production taking a new turn at Aqua Bounty Technologies in Delaware County. The indoor fish farm in Albany planning to sell its operations. Aqua Bounty took control of the Albany facility in 2017 for $14 million and began raising salmon there the following year. The company produced genetically engineered salmon, which it says reaches harvest weight faster and more efficiently than salmon grown in sea cages. The University of Notre Dame addressing mental health care beyond campus boundaries. Find out what it means for the city of South Bend in this week's Business of Health. A major revamp for mental health is underway at Notre Dame, powered by a recent gift to the university. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Kylie. Thank you, Mary Rachel. The major gift will pay for a new mental health clinic and boost research. The donation comes from the children of Pete and Wilma Veldman, who immigrated to the South Bend region after living through the Nazi occupation during World War II. Devout Catholics, the couple became prosperous entrepreneurs in South Bend. They started a small mom and pop oil changing station and eventually founded the, the Tire Rack in South Bend, which grew to be the largest online tire distributor in the U.S. The Veldman children say the gift reflects what their parents held most dear, faith, family, and community. And the community is in great need for more mental health care. A recent study showed 70% of Americans have better access to mental health care than people living in South Bend. And there are tremendous organizations providing care to people in this region, but we just can't keep up with the demand. And so we are hoping to be able to increase the supply uh, to be able to provide care to more people in this region. The gift will build the new Veldman Family Psychology Clinic, replacing the university's smaller clinic in South Bend's East Bank neighborhood. The clinic will serve Notre Dame students and people living in the region. And so we will be able to provide services to more than 1,500 people uh, that don't currently have access to care right now. The gift also endows several faculty positions and will triple the number of psychology graduate students. In addition to more care, leaders say the gift will also provide better care by supporting groundbreaking research on how to treat mental illnesses. Right now in the United States, you're more likely to die of an accidental overdose than of a motor vehicle accident. Um, and fewer than half of people with mental health problems uh, get treatment right now. The clinic will have a special focus on trauma, substance use, and suicide prevention. These are usually treated separately, but the clinic will take a unique approach by bringing all three under one roof. People who experience childhood trauma 
often end up having substance use problems. Uh, and there's a lot of overlap between substance use, trauma, and suicide uh, attempts. Um, and so we are trying to treat these things together um, to hopefully prevent all three of these things. Supporting the university's mission and the values of a successful entrepreneur to be a force for good in the world. We want to, you know, start right here in the local community, but then take those solutions, you know, throughout the country and really try to make a difference uh, in the lives of, you know, millions of people struggling with mental health problems across the country. And Mary Rachel, you know, a really special way to continue the Veldman legacy in South Bend. He's very well known in the Catholic community. You know, you also worked on another story in South Bend talking about teenage suicide prevention. Yes, just to give you an idea of some of the neat work they're doing in South Bend, this is actually a study, a $4 million NIH study based at South Bend. Teenagers in South Bend, and these are the first teenagers in the country, are going to be wearing a special earbud. And this earbud, they can listen to music on it, but it also stimulates a nerve that is connected to emotional regulation. And it has been proven to help with depression and suicide prevention. It's been proven in adults. So these wow. are the first teens, about 200 teens in South Bend are testing this now, wearing the special earbud about 25 minutes a day for teen suicide prevention. So a really neat study that I'm following in South Bend and I'll be anxious to get the results of that. I'll be following that too, that's yes. great stuff. Fascinating, right? Thanks, Kylie. Yep. Time now for our Eye on Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. Butler University targeting people already in the workforce who want to advance their education. Butler launching Butler Plus, which focuses on professional education and lifelong learning through a mix of degree programs. This comes on the heels of Butler announcing it will create a two-year college on its campus in 2025. Purdue University is sealing the deal as a world leader when it comes to innovation. Purdue ranked the sixth top university in the world for U.S. utility patents by the National Academy of Inventors. Purdue falling one spot on the list, but the number of patents is up over last year. Well, let's send it back out to Gary at Indianapolis International Airport, where he's breaking down the business of aviation in Indiana. Gary? All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. When we return, the importance of the aviation sector to the state of Indiana. Flights taking off in every corner of the state with big investment. That's when we return. And we are circling back to land our show this week where we began. The importance of the aviation sector to the state of Indiana and investment happening in every corner of the state. I myself still fly a WASP motor, which has carried me over the North Atlantic, part of the Pacific, to and from Mexico City, and many times across this continent. Indiana's strong ties to aviation date back nearly 100 years. From Earhart flying around the Earth, to Armstrong landing on the moon. That's one small step for man. Fast forward to today. Fort Wayne International Airport's Project Gateway, going places. From Fort Wayne's more than $70 million East Terminal Expansion Project. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. To Evansville Regional's $7.5 million terminal upgrade. to South Bend, making nearly $7.5 million in airport improvements. 
Indiana's aviation business sector taking a page out of the past to pave the way for a new future. Nearly 130 public aviation facilities doing business statewide, pumping an estimated $14 billion into the economy and employing 70,000 Hoosiers. The growth includes new Allegiant nonstop service in and out of Evansville and South Bend, to the federal government kicking in nearly $30 million to make improvements to Indiana airports, not only in mid-sized markets, but also smaller ones, like Huntingburg Regional in southwest Indiana. Amelia Earhart and her crew at Oakland, California, ready for her great aerial adventure around the world flight by way of the equator, a journey no pilot has yet attempted. In the spirit of Amelia Earhart, Indiana landing as an aviation destination with an eye on growth, investment, and millions of dollars dedicated to the future of flight. And we are going to stay in the air as we end this week's show and try to get you in the, uh, the spirit of spring as well. And the Sandhill Cranes annual migration through Indiana with their stop in the Jasper Pulaski Fish and Wildlife Area Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television Podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.